And, uh, and we're live. Good day, good evening, good night, good morning, and welcome to a Real Tennis Fan Podcast. I want to say we're 169. It shouldn't be 2020. I shouldn't have problems with numbers. But, you know, these ladies, I'm going to blame it on the women today. Why? Of course not. you are. You're going to blame us for you not being I'm going to blame Janina. It's so easy to blame Janina. <laughs> Just blame Janina. Just blame Janina. <laughs> But we're in the late sixties somewhere. Late sixties. We're gonna soon be one hundred and seven. But before I go further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Andreen from Soli Tennis Travel. How are you, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Are you in your house? We all have to ask these questions because I mean, like, you I take know, your main thing so seriously, <laughs> so seriously. I mean, even Wonder Woman is not as wonderful as you. She don't even embrace Wanda all the time, but you take that travel. I mean, I, I don't know. You should probably look into getting a hotel. You should live in a hotel. Oh, I, oh my God. <laughs> I would love to live in a hotel. I know my aunt just, my aunt's here. And she was like, I haven't had any of your other podcasts because she doesn't care about tennis. And I was like, she's like, is it because you've been traveling so much? And I was like, mm, maybe, blame me. But I came up with another excuse. Um, uh. <laughs> So you're in your home. I'm just simply saying, you know what you could do? Uh, better yet, keep your apartment and Airbnb it. <laughs> listen, I like my I, listen. I like my bed too much. I don't travel that much. Sometimes it's just you know a lot's going on. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and we have Janina from Soli Tennis. Tra- no, what's wrong? Oh with Jesus, me? she's not from there. She's from far in Ohio. See. <laughs> You won't realize this podcast is late because it's coming out. You know, it's not a live broadcast, but you know, we are late already because of Andre, because of Janina. Damn, confusing us. I know. I'm not even drinking. Because of me. We don't even look alike. I'm dark. Not even a little bit. And she's like a wonderful mocha ish thing going on. I don't even know. You're wonderful. How are you, Great. She sounds enthusiastic right now. I know. <laughs> Have you been to What's ice blaming on Janina? No. I mean, it's so easy, Janina. I mean. I know. You know, I know. You know what's so funny? We're taping. No one would know that she was late. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That right. Because- right. <laughs> this isn't live, but Reels has to throw me under the bus. <laughs> this bitch. Uh, right. So much affection for you he has. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And if you're not on YouTube, you might not be aware, but we have a fourth host today. Well, co-host, well, guest. It's Chad. How are you, Chad, from CC Food? How are you guys doing today? It's good to be here. We're good. We're good. How is it in South Carolina? Has the revolution got there yet? There's no revolution. It's just raining, and I am sitting in my car in my dad's garage drinking wine while I'm on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chad, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get political for two seconds. Who oh, are the top two ads that you've seen in South Carolina? If I have one more ad from Steyer, I've seen him <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> and I've seen a bunch from Biden. So I'm expecting them to sort of like do really well. Um, okay. But, but that's the most I've seen. And I'm getting all oh, yeah. of stuff on my doors. So Really? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, you know what? From Bloomberg? Not I'm, I haven't seen much from Bloomberg and I've seen I've seen a couple um buses um from Biden but but nothing from Bloomberg yet. So 
That's kind of cool. No, because for the longest time, obviously being in California, nobody gives a crap about us. But I have to say, Steyer has been running ads here forever. But then I suddenly started seeing some from Bloomberg this week. And I was like, oh, oh. Well, I've been seeing ads from Bloomberg for two months. Hello, really? Ohio. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. I don't even know who Tom Steyer is. He doesn't touch Ohio. Seriously. Like, I didn't know who he was until I saw him on the debate stage. I've not seen one commercial. Not well, one that, piece of literature come to my house. Nothing. I didn't want Steyer. to derail, but it's so rare that you get a chance to chat with someone from South Carolina. I was like, I need to know. Right. They're, they're coming for you, Chad. They're coming for I you. I just had a Bernie text and I said, please forward all inquiries to Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> did you do anyway <laughs> anyway no i just got my text because you know what i mean i will just say i'm not usually one to donate but i have donated to two people and i'm hoping they end up being the noms but i just got a text and it's like donate in the last in the next 10 minutes and you'll get a call i'm like mm, i've donated a work. call what the fuck do you need a call for we just, only have a little budget prosecution okay we need <laughs> <laughs> you donate in the next second, you can take your student debt. That's why we that's what we're trying to hear. Like immediately. <laughs> I ain't trying to get a phone call. You don't need to talk to me. I need you to talk to the people uh, who have all my student loans. That's why I need you to talk. Oh, to. that was great. No, it's great. I mean, like, this is the most participatory I've been, I think, in the sense that I'm like donating and like responding to things from people. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm and I'm pretty old, so that's probably embarrassing. But yeah. I just live in <laughs> campaigns need money. I just think y'all want my money to do something else because I don't know. I don't know who's running them budget because yeah, I'm wasting money doing bullshit. But of course, there is reels, the homosexual of the podcast. So, ladies and gents, it's Black History Month. And there's been a little if we bit have a white guy on. How does this work? What's up? <laughs> well, we're balancing it out because you're part white too. So that's what you're saying. You don't want you to feel all by yourself. <laughs> We're gonna celebrate like we're gonna celebrate Black History Month like Obama's family. Now, exactly. um, <laughs> what is uh, what is the blackest thing you've done this month? Who? All of y'all. All of us. In honor of Black History Month, what's the blackest thing you've done this month? And Chad, I already know you have a list, so it, it doesn't matter. And it cannot include a person. Just saying. I just saying. Professionals. Be clear. <laughs> We're professionals. What's the blackest thing you've done this month, real? Hmm. Are we gonna start with me? Oh, yep. Start with you. I don't know. I mean, I exist. <laughs> I wake up every morning. <laughs> oh, James Baldwin of you. Thanks. Oh, actually, I am going to read him for a class. Okay. <laughs> but, but I would say that I had a moment of. I, I, I don't know what you call it, but so I'm taking a 19th century British literature class and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm so tired of reading about all these boring unemployed people living <laughs> in 1800, <laughs> talking, doing nothing. And I know at this very moment, they're profiting off of people, my people in the Caribbean working and being slave. You said that in the class? So it did. Oh my god! Say, oh, of course you did. <laughs> I, like, what I don't I know how to reconcile this because this is so annoying. Because I'm literally reading four, five hundred pages of these people, and nobody has a job. Nobody. Listen, this is what. I, this is the only thing I like about the past is like it seems like you could really get along without a job. Um, 
you know what I'm saying? Like you, you constantly hear today, and I, I don't know if it's the Protestant work ethic that's creeped into the society and capitalism on full blast. But the idea of people just sitting around doing nothing, not even pretending to check stocks or anything, but living, but we're reading about these people's lives. I mean, like, I'm telling you, you could spend three chapters in the fucking living room, just in their living room. <laughs> what about you, Janina? So, um, you know what? I can't even tell you that I've done anything because I have not. Like, I spent... Um, so I went to, as we all know, I'm a hockey mom now, and I went to a tournament that was in in Pennsylvania that was dubbed the uh, Martin Luther King Ice Cup. Ooh, nice. Yeah, there was nothing Martin Luther King about it other than the name. There was no mention. There was no silence. But wait, I mean, hockey's a very white sport, right? And even Micah said, to his father, do you see any black people? It's like just us. <laughs> I, I think that you've taken Martin Luther King's, you know, speech literally. You have. I mean, I guess no content of uh, the content of your character is what's propelling you. <laughs> I do. I do have plans to go to this um, spoken word event at mm-hmm. the local college down the street from my house. Um, where they bring to life words of slave narratives and Ooh. stuff, Ooh, um, but it's not—it's not until March. The planning committee—they're advertising it as part of Black History Month, and I'm like, okay, well, it's March. It's a leap short, year. But they to leap in the next month. I mean, I guess, I guess, but yeah, that's you know, that's where I am. Chad, what about you? I guess we can't talk about people. <laughs> Thanks for passing um, um, Basically, um, well, we do a couple of things at work, and we try to make sure that it's publicized at Black History Month, and we put up, you know, the the um, the good stuff for folks to come around and, and kind of be aware of the accomplishments of Black people in America. And but actually, the best part, the best thing I've done over the last like week, we've had some good weather in South Carolina, not today, but. We had a really nice cookout and invited a bunch of, I'm staying with my dad for a while, so I invited a bunch of old friends that I haven't seen in years. And we kind of hung out and listened to old school R&B and just Dang. had a great time. Your meat? What's that? You seasoned your meat? Yeah, we, <laughs> we definitely seasoned the meat. And since I couldn't okay. bring up a chicken person. And Becky wasn't making on salad and potato salad, Judy, was she? Most people brought brought food though, so I was kind of saved by that. I didn't really have to do a lot of work, but we grilled out a little bit and had a good time, and um, so it's been a good time, good month. We're assuming that the people that invite came to this cookout were people of color. Yes, um, for the most part, yeah. Okay, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it's South Carolina. We didn't want to imagine something else, but thank you. You don't need to assume, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> You know, we just gotta make sure, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the listeners out there are thinking, South Carolina, a cookout. A black <laughs> Sounds like a good time. With a white dude in charge of it. Hmm. It's been great. Oh, Poor Chad. Andrean, let's I'm go. Also, I'm also, I'm also, I'm also, I'm also, right? 
Of huh? course, Andrean probably met the ghost of Malcolm X. No, I didn't turn it. <laughs> Nina, come on. Put us to shame, Andrean. Put us to shame. Yeah. No, no putting to shame. I had um I had Mitch a shot of Hennessy, which I thought was um for the first time, because that seems like a thing to me. Wait a minute. Did you say I had a shot of Hennessy? <laughs> We're going to shut this down. Chad, you did that just happen? Chad, you yes. Um, no, and of course I did like Janine. I I went to a um, I went to a poetry launch. Not like Janina, like you were planning to do. You already did it. Yeah, no, no, it was it was nice. You know what? I, it was so funny. It was like one of those things. I, I I shared the the thing with you all a couple of her poems, and I was like, didn't want to leave the house, but I was so happy I did. Because the vibe was so nice in the place, and she's obviously a really, um, really popular poet um, with other poets. And so the room was filled with other poets doing pieces in honor of her. And then she went up and did like these two amazing pieces. What's her name? And the fans and look her she, up. Um, and she sold out her. Uh, let me find out. I mean, let me let me remind it. It was really good. And the book is called. Um, be trouble i think it is it was it was really it was such a good show god poets are amazing it's called be trouble and her name is bridget bianca and it's a debut book and she has this amazing poem about wakanda which is fantastic Ooh. and then she has this really really great poem about um gentrification of um of uh south central and it's just it's she just like she starts out with like slaves in the slave ship and then gets to gentrification and Starbucks. I mean, she just puts it all together in this really great way. So it was a really, really, really good time. I'm happy. I always, you know, I like to stay home, but every now and then when I go out, it's always really nice. So yeah, it was good. It's a good time. Uh, and it was in- like I said, Janina, Andrine won this round. Chad, you're yeah, a close always. You're a no, close that was pretty second. good. Everyone. I mean- Andrine went to Wakanda. Here I was thinking she would have met the spirit of of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, but she went to Wakanda. So, I mean, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, Chad. Your seasoned meat cookout, it came a close second. Okay? But, I mean, Wakanda, you can't can't beat Wakanda. You just can't. If Mofi sneak and listen to this podcast ever, totally pick up that book. Totally pick up that book and read that Wakanda poem. You'll be doing that Wakanda Mm -hmm. salute forever. Um, great segue because, like I said, you know, um, yep. Andrina is preparing for Monfils. Fidolina, be careful, okay? Look out <laughs> where you walk, okay? Don't be by yourself at night. Andrina is oh prepping. God. She's going to Wakanda, getting some Dora Milaje training. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a wonderful segue, Black History Month. I'm telling you. So let's move on right in. Monfils is showing up and showing out two weeks in a row. First Damn. of all, his body held up. I mean, that enough is accomplishment. And he got two trophies. And not the runner-up. Two first-prize trophies. So, I mean, I don't know what Monfils is drinking, what he's eating. But, you know, I don't know if it's part of them life, second life. But, look, it's a hot-shaped herb. And I'm all here for that. (laughs) I'm all here for that. And I watched the match this morning. And what I was most pleased with wasn't that Monfils won, is that Monfils said to his team, we got plans for the year, which means Monfils is planning on his body being healthy and he's planning on doing something. So the rest of the ATP, this is what I need y'all to do. Y'all need to help Monfils. So who needs to take care of Federer? 
in the semifinals, that is. Don't knock them out in the first round. Let's be don't don't get crazy. But who needs to take care of Rafa and Djokovic in the earlier rounds so that Monfils gets into the finals without having to deal with any of these people? Because they will break him, even if it's Federer. <laughs> even if it's Federer. Even if it's Federer. So ATP and EDR to step up. Okay, see, Monfils is stepping up. Y'all need to step up. So Monfils, I don't Take know whether they want to win the French or whether they want to win Wimbledon. I don't know if your body will hold up for the US Open. And the winning the Olympics would be sexy. I don't call this as a real turn. That's just, you know, that's just gravy it's on the top. Real. It's like, well, I mean, if you think about Monfils. If you have other major trophies, right? That's just an accessory. Because it didn't mean the same thing to uh, Monica Pui. You know what I mean? Well, that's all she's got. It's, it's in the same thing. It ain't the same thing. Well, Anyways. he's done the best. He's done the best at Roland Garros and the U.S. Open. Oh, that's well. where he says. <laughs> oh, he says. Oh shit. <laughs> well, Dominic, look, I have no problem with you spoiling Dominic party. You know, I have no problem with that. So, <laughs> if you want to take that, Monfils, be good to your body nonetheless, but take it. Did all you all watch the final today? I did watch the final, Chad. Yeah, I watched it. I was really impressed with Monfils. I mean. Normally, I would be so pissed at him for playing super um, defensive, but he came out with that plan today to be that way against Felix, and it worked. I mean, he was daring Felix to try to hit through him, and Monfils was 10 feet behind the baseline. And now, like I said, normally I would be pissed at that, but today it was a perfect strategy because Felix had some nerves, and he was, like, going a little wild with the forehand. Um, a little? A, a lot. A lot. <laughs> But the, the, the thing about the, the thing about Gael, I thought, is like in the second game, it was um, you know, right before it became one all, right when he won that second game. I mean, he was like pumping, fist pumping his box, saying, "Yeah." I mean, he he was intense from the from point one. I mean, yeah, and that's not always the case with him. And so while he had been aggressive most of the week, he came out with this game plan that that worked perfectly and. Um, it was just good to see, and good to see him so pumped up from the from the you know from the first couple of games. So, I was actually surprised that he kept his mental composure after having triple break points and still lost out three of them. And you know, Felix remained unserved, and I was surprised Felix basically waddled after that point. Felix just <laughs> tripped over himself, you know, having you know saved break points. You know that Felix sort of lost steam after that game, but I was really impressed. Um, I have some notes for Felix, but you know. <laughs> you well, no Chad, I mean, I'm curious, for people who've watched Felix's final, this is his fourth finals, what tends to happen to him in these finals? So most of the finals I've seen, I mean, I've seen them all, but he loses his rhythm, and I don't know, the, the thing he sort of gained this week is his rhythm with in-between points and his rhythm of his serve and even his breathing. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but he just sort of has the pace down pat. Today, the pace was not. The pace kind of sped up. He sort of was going, you know, his, his toss wasn't as, as high as it has been. And he seemed and to be flying. I mean. I mean, his serve had been great all week until today. Um 
and it wasn't the best today. And it was sort of the way he played last year against um, Berrettini in a final, in a grass court final, um, in most of his finals. And the way he played Israel so, in the semifinal in Miami. So um, he needs to get over that hurdle. And, and he I gets nervous, he clearly. Right, nerves played a part. I mean, if you're if you're making it to finals and you're looking like a different, he's got Serena syndrome right now. I was, I, was, I didn't want to say it, but so <laughs> God is gonna drag all the black people today. All right, all right. <laughs> but look, if you're you're playing well, if you get to a final, clearly you're playing well. But when you get there and you show up as a different person and your nerves get the best of you, then yeah, we'll just call that Serena syndrome. It's a fire sale, we're going to call it. Let's keep it cute now. It's a fire <laughs> it can't be a fire sale when Bale wins. We like him to win. Look, I would just say, look, had that been a uh, PCB, I know Mofis would have been in three sets. I did very least. <laughs> would have been in okay. He did look good. Um, I was a little nervous when he served for the match and got broken. I thought, oh, shit, here comes the old Gale, right? But he... <laughs> I, wasn't I, I was like, really comfortable. I was... I didn't I think. Like, I mean, oh, Chad's observation, uh, the same that I have in, in my notes for Felix, is that he just looked all over the place. Like, you know, like he was not there. Like, he was either playing a warm up because these white phone hands were wild all over the place. The, the technique looked off. I don't know if it's. <clears throat> I don't. I don't remember seeing him in earlier rounds looking like this. But you know, what I mean, he just looked all out of sorts. He didn't know where to serve. You know what I mean? Like he just. He was trying to be flashy at some point, and I was just like, just finish the point. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I contributed part of this to be like, these young kids are all made to be baseliners, and they don't know how to do something else other than that. Well, he was coming in a lot. Yeah, he yeah, came in. He, he came in he a came lot. In, he, and he, he looked came. good at the net. He just did stupid shit. That's my point. <laughs> For me, it's just like... You can't no, come in it up. I don't know. He didn't well, look yeah, like but I mean, a lot of young players don't even come in, or players, period. Like, they just don't even come in in that at all. So I was happy to see that. Just to, because I took that to be that when he's coming in, it's just like a, a kamikaze, a, like a desperation move. No, that it because he was doing that in no the, he plays that way. Yeah, he played that way, and he did that in the early part of the the match like i don't actually the idea that he wasn't present doesn't really jive with me i think he was maybe hyper present and um and really tense because i think he was fully engaged and dialed in he didn't like check out mentally in the match that doesn't seem like something that was happening no, i just think he really just got nervous yeah and like you could see that what i thought was nice though was that you could see the possibility of what the match could have been right in those last yeah. couple games I was like, oh, wow, if he had been able to right. control the forehand a little bit, I think at one point in time, he, sh what is it? Did he do like a forehand down the line? And I mean, it was mm -hmm. just like the possibilities in those last couple games. I'm like, oh, this, and he would have been able to hang with Gale. That was like Gale was yeah. doing that thing where he was, you know, the Gale bent over, whichever he hates. But... Yeah, because Guy was, as Chad pointed out, Guy wasn't being aggressive. He was just staying behind. You know what I mean? Like, well, because Felix's errors were helping. Him. Him. I mean, right. He oh God, the errors were abundant. I mean, the errors is what win. I mean, it was interesting. It would have been interesting to see a match where they were both fully dialed in and and playing really well. And you would have that would have been a three setter. So I think well, Gale. Even... Was 
it was helped by all of Felix's eras. You couldn't see the game that you would have liked to see from both of them. So when we got to that to the very end, even and there was when Felix broke and played pretty well the next game. The commentators, I don't know where you guys watched. I was watching Tennis Channel. Um, said this is really what we expected. This is yep. the match that oh, we Richard Krejcik. Um, and we only got you know a piece of it. The guy in the suit or who was on the court or just the commentator? No, no, no. The commentator. The commentator. Match. The one calling the okay. match. Chad, how old is Felix? Felix is nineteen. Okay, thank you, Chad. So... I just need to put out this public service announcement. <laughs> it's not available for you pedophiles out there. What about? He's, totally, he's 19 and totally legal. He's What's legal. Nope. Thank you, Andre. Nope. 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 <laughs> I mean, I that's why. Wait up. Because I like the fact that can we re, can we rewind? Did I was I the one that had to talk reels down from another person? Sasha, our... That's right. You're right. And you were absolutely right. And I learned my lesson. Okay. And therefore, in my position as an ex-offender, okay. <laughs> Oh my god! I can speak to it, and oh, really? let me just really? be clear. Let me just be clear. At that time, Sasha was barely legal too. Okay, but, but what I'm simply saying is this: like, I felt like I I was shocked that Felix is only 19. I just like I feel like I've seen this kid like forever. Which well, means I know you haven't seen him forever. You know what I'm but saying is that y'all have been lusting after this kid Nobody when he was a baby. After him. We've we've been really invested in we've been really invested and interested in this game. Chad, talk to me about so did (laughs) did he break a record? This was he like the youngest finalist? Yeah, since Federer, I think it was by four days. But was it just because it was like a five hundred level, or just in general? I I didn't hear that particular figure. I was. I think it has to be um in is at this level that at that level okay. Oh, maybe because um Boris Becker won Wimbledon at seventeen. Okay, so it might be and at Chang, and Chang okay. wanted at seventeen too. So. No, I think it was he has the, he was the youngest finalist since Federer. Federer. I think that was. The and reason. Richard Krejcik was like, like "Guess that. what? Federer didn't win his finals too." <laughs> 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 right. did not look happy about that. She looked oh, like he did a little oh. weird. That comment. He was like, "What?" Well, he was already mad <laughs> already for the job. I thought so too, but you know, he was mad just period. He was like, he was, oh, mad, period. Was, he was mad. He was pissed. He didn't even pretend to smile. You know and I think it's only because I'm fine with that. If Monfils, because Monfils was very kind and they get along, why he didn't really just like, fuck it, I'm out of here, like throw this plate across. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to be really, he wanted to be far more expressive and upset, which. I totally get. You know what I mean. You did. Are they friends? Are they really friends? They're friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so can we can we talk about what 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 new things are happening with Gail? What are you all spotting that's different? He seems really dialed in based on what him based on what you said, Reels, at the end when he said there are bigger things, and he looked serious at his team, pointed to his team, and was like, "This is just a step." Right. On the pathway. <laughs> Office, we've been waiting like 20 years to hear this, but you know what? Better late than never. Better, Better late, late than never. never. He's 33. I don't know if I feel old. I don't know Morphe's was that old, but he's 33. Okay? Back well, in the day, Morphe's would have been home already. I feel like his serve is so much stronger than it has been. Like he, he's been getting out of his service games so easily this week. And he seems to trust in his body, which is, 
you know. But you I, know what was really startling? That this is, I mean, I think this is a testament to probably the shift in Mofis, and part of it is a men- is his mentality, is that Krychek says he's sick. Now, Mofis con- did not conduct himself like a sick person this week. So he didn't make a big thing about it. But Krychek was like every time he was surprised that he kept winning. Yeah, I think they had I think he had support though. I think they were all um from he always my, had support. No, I no, no. Think. I mean Krychek sort of seen like my impression was that you know they were checking in on him and just being you know, like like you know, they weren't making they were being accommodated, you know what I mean? Like would he prefer the earlier match or the later match, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I know, but I'm just talking about the fact that he was sick. Like oh, he wasn't dragging himself around coat like he typically does. Yeah, no, like that's an excuse to mentally check out when things aren't going your way. You can be like, I'm really not feeling well. Yeah. I better get the heck out of here. But it actually seemed to have the opposite impact on him this week. Like I well, I mean, I'm just gonna say in two he's the two-time defending champion, right? Well, he just defended that title. Right. So in 2017. Right? Am I right about that? No, 2018. No, he won it last year. year. Last year. In 2018, he lost the final. No, 2017, because Federer won in 2018. No, no, I'm talking about he defended his title this year. Right in Rotterdam, right? But he lost the finals here to Martin Klesan. So maybe that put the fire under his belly that I ain't out here trying to be losing silly finals. But he he was defending it. That's the most useful part. Right. Right. Is like the Martin Klesan match was like several years ago. So. I'm happy that he's in the finals and he's collecting trophies. So, Mofi's happy Black History Month. We're all excited for you. Well, we had Elvis too, so we have our prayer beads out. I know <laughs> I do. <laughs> I know I do. You know what I mean? Like, and meanwhile, you know, for me, Black History Month is the moment to extend perhaps to other people of color on tour and just in tennis. But, you know, like, and Kay is still missing in action. So we're not gonna keep, no, it's Black History Month. We're not doing that. What the heck? <laughs> I'm just gonna be talking about other fragile bodies. <laughs> we just gotta be like, we gotta, you know, hope and pray. You know what I mean? Because fragile bodies Real. have been disappearing for a long time. Real. Yeah. If if, if Monfils could pretend that every month was February, he could have a calendar year grand slam. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe, is a favorite month. This is our judgment call, we, right? Can you, <laughs> Can you Instagram that to him? Can you DM that to him? Chad? I've already done. I'll, I'll okay. Say okay. <laughs> every month is February. You don't have to work 28 days. That's it, bro. That's it. That's it. Do we know if do we know where Monfils is headed next? I could He's taking know. the week off. Yeah, I would say he's taking though. the week off and then playing Dubai. Ooh, he is playing Dubai. Nice. Yeah. And then, of course, Indian Wells and Miami. So I think his next step would be a 1,000, right? I mean, of course, we would love for the Grand Slam, but in the 1,000, he's missing that, correct? Yeah, for sure. Everyone's missing that. Yeah, everyone's those are rare. <laughs> he those are rare birds. So no. maybe he could win Miami. No, he was in the Open. final. He was in the Paris final. Sanga has won it. But oh, he's, okay. been, he's been in the Paris final. Or was it the semifinal? No, he beat Federer that year when the court was fast as heck. Um, it was a really good match. Um, oh, okay, so so which makes sense because Fidelina is in Dubai, so he probably is rushing there, rest <laughs> up, and then ooh, so there's a chance that I get to see Monfils. Okay, you might get to see him. Ooh. Request an interview, will you? Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and get them to say something. Chad, the where's podcast. our Chad? Where's our young um our young black American man Francis? 
Francis is in Delray. A couple of people had um, practice vids of him today um, on Twitter, and I retweeted them. He said we were supposed to play tennis Sangren, but Sangren pulled out. Thank goodness, I think. Mm. Um, and we're not sure he's going to play a qualifier in the first round. Whoever wins that will play the winner of Nick, Kyrgios, and Tommy Paul. So it's a tough Ooh. road for Francis. But, you know, he needs to find that Delray magic again. Yeah. He won he it like, like two years ago? Two years ago. And then yeah. last year lost in the first round to Dan yeah. Evans. Yeah. So. Um, so what's your take on sort of like, what's your sense of what's been going on with um, with him? Like, do you feel like he sort of had a dip in confidence after like a nice breakout year? So I think, of course, after the Australian Open last year, he did. I mean, he, he kind of went down, just had a little. Oh, we lost it. Did we lose Chad? And that was last year, wasn't it, where he had that nice run? Didn't he make the quarterfinals? And then yeah. Yeah. that was just kind of like that. That was his we, one. He didn't do too much the rest of the year. I have come to, unfortunately, expect very little of Francis because I don't see – I see determined – I think he needs a better coach. That's just me. I don't know. I Who see is the, his coach? Robbie Janepri. Oh no, Robbie's oh, gone. Right. Oh, Robbie's gone. It's, it's Robbie's gone. It's Zach Evanen. Um, and he's been we with him for. Her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Zach Evanen. <laughs> it's the same guy that's been. He was with Robbie and Francis, but then Robbie sort of left, and so it's now just the two of them, and um. But he's definitely going to have to get some momentum. I mean, because Miami, he made the quarters. But after that, he was competitive, but he really just couldn't get any good wins. He doesn't know how to finish matches, though. Yeah. He drags it out to three, and they, they get complicated. And then, and then get complicated. And when we say complicated, we mean he doesn't do anything in the final set. Like, no. he had a big load, <laughs> a breadstick. <laughs> like... I mean, like I think it's is it a confidence to, issue? I mean, what's, the same thing at the I Australian Open, like, right? He pushed to five, five sets and then just totally fizzled out, right? He lost in five sets at the in Melbourne this year, right? Um, did he lose in five sets to in Melbourne? He I know, yeah, he he played Medvedev and played very competitively, and then was gone. Um, in four, I think it was four sets. He won a set and it was all they were all yeah. competitive. Um. But that's sort of the way, he, I mean, he's played the last couple of months. He lost to Vavrinka, I think, in three tough sets late last year. Um, but a lot of those types of losses, which can wear on his confidence, and I think that's what's happened. His serve kind of goes away in the, in the last set, the final set. And in Australia and Miami last year, his first serve was popping. And um, he just hasn't had it since. It's not been consistent. Well, it's also so you- kind of interesting, too, to see, like, the comparison of like people within maybe kind of his age range because he had like a he had a match with Yamir, right? Is that how you pronounce his last name? And right. the Auckland Open. And I was surprised that TFO didn't win that match. Mikhail. No, it was he, awesome. had just, he, he had just beat, he, he had mm-hmm. just beaten him in the next gen um competition last year. And so I, I was surprised too. <laughs> That's funny how that happens, but I think Francis, but you know, the next Francis gen is... competition is sort of an outlier because of how the scoring works. So sure. it's not always a good indicator. I don't know why they don't. I guess it's to make it fast based, but I think they should kind of make it regular. Well, it does, I mean, it's it's only once on the season, so it's not 
it's not like it's like a consistent thing. But I think it's um it's somewhat interesting though that he you know he goes back and forth. He doesn't take wild cards. He's like doing challengers and. Right. Oh, Mikhail. No, Tiafo. No, I I think is he. Is he ranking enough to get him into tournaments? Directly? Well, I mean, there's like no shame. You know, I mean, we've there's a whole conversation online about Jack Sock getting wild cards, right? And but what's nice, what's been nice to see is that TFO has just kind of put his head down and like just gone into challengers and competed. And you know, when he says when he's able, he's able to get into tur- tournaments that we can. But see is he playing, has he played challenges? Yes, he played. Yeah, he played Dallas a couple of weeks ago and lost. Um, maybe two weeks ago and lost to Kudla oh, yes, in the yes, quarterfinals. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, well, well, he got to do the work, right? He's black, ain't he? <laughs> Is that he got to do the work. I, mean, I just saw that. I just saw that on someone's um, Twitter feed. Like, I think I, I saw a famous black author say that. That, you know, at one point in time, she went to some major event and all these people were talking about parties and and brunches that they'd been to and outfits they were wearing. And she was so sad. And her her mentor was like, but is your work good? Are you doing the work? <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the work, Francis. Put in the work. I don't yeah, know. But- I feel like I, I think I think we forget. Also, how young he is. He's what, yep. 21, 22 years old. But we yeah. have had an eye on him for, a for long so time. at least I have. I mean, I know I have. <laughs> I, I can too. um and so, but when you when you've been waiting for something to happen for so long and it's not happening, you tend to forget that someone is so early in their career. Well, I'm not I mean let me be you, know, you can be you could be a little dismissive of poor Francis. Yes, that's it's true. That is absolutely true. But let me be clear, you know, and when because I know Francis listens to us all the time, you know. <laughs> um, it's just look, it's it's you're 21, and this is tennis, and I know it has changed, right? Because yep. people are sticking around. 33-year-old Monfils, 38-year-old Federer, they're still in the game, right? They're still here. And Djokovic is 32, something like that. And he's not looking like he's stopping anytime soon, right? So you have a ways to go. But my thing is that. I am not seeing Francis winning matches that he should be winning. Francis is a top 30 player. He should be in there. Francis shouldn't. If Fabio Fanini can be (laughs) in some regard, you know what I mean? It's like, because he has a, and I think part of it too is for me is that I don't see much tennis acumen in, in the sense that I'm not seeing tennis skills out there. And I think he needs to find someone who's going to give him new skills. He's just like, a, his game is two-dimensional. It's very predictable. And you know his stamina is in there. Yeah, I know they put out Instagram and they take off their shirts and we can see the washboard abs. Yeah, y'all are cute. You know what I mean? Y'all look good on paper. But at the end of the day, I'm not seeing that training translate out on the court. Because if you push through to win that second set after a tough opening set, and then in the third set, you're getting breadstick and bagel. Boo, just go home in two. Go home in two. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting the fans' time. You oh, know that's what I mean? So harsh. That is so I mean, it is harsh. <laughs> it is consistent. so ridiculously harsh. I mean, because you know, you know why? Because it's, it's, it, is, it is a feature, it is a feature of Francis' game. That he would push through to a deciding set, and then it's wah wah wah. 
Well, I think you've sabotaged. I've actually, I think that's interesting that you say that because I've never thought it was a fitness issue. Not recently. I think it's a mental issue. Francis seems to be fit as fuck. I feel like he can go with the best of them physically. I've never thought it was a fitness thing. Francis has a tendency to play to the level of his competition. And if he has to play to the level of Medvedev, of Avrinka, he'll play to that level. And he can do it. But then he ultimately has lost those recently. But he also can lose to, you know, challenger level players because he plays to that level. And I'm not sure what he needs to do to cross that 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 hurdle. Um, but it needs to happen soon because he's just I mean, his rankings are just going down and down. No, oh, thank you, Chad, for being far more diplomatic than real can be. I mean, it's the ranking <laughs> concerns that's the problem because then you end up sort of like wallowing down in a period where you're not able to like earn points and you're not able to do the things that you need to do. I mean, I well, not only before. that, you're going to be in the draw and you're pay- playing Djokovic every time in round one. You should, like, you he, know, he's a player I think could be to go to a place like Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro. No, that um, that diva Dali grinding out on grinding it out on clay. Let's not do that again. Ugh, well, I mean, look, these American hardcore tournaments are not are not. Look, no one's making themselves at Delaware Beach. You win a title, that's cute, whatever the case may be. But in order to, I think the experience that Francis need and the American boys, not all of them I care about, they need to play these international players, play these guys on it because look, these clay coders are beating them on hardcore. So I don't know what to tell you. So what about, about update? What about other players? Let's spread the love. Yeah, I was just, do you have any Chad? Do you have an update for you know like what's going on with Eubanks? Well, Chris Eubanks, Michael Moe are still out there on the challenger level. Michael had the um, kind of the unfortunate period of time where he got injured while he right after he made the top one hundred um, in late two thousand eighteen. He was, you know, had high hopes for 2019, started out the Australian Open, had a battle with Radu Albert, who he lost to, but right after that got injured. So six months later, Michael's back in challenges because he couldn't defend a lot of points. Oh. Chris Chris had a great first year. His second year of the on the pro tournament last year was not the best. He only he made a bunch of quarters, but that's about as far as he could go. Um, but hopefully this year will be a little different. I know he's playing in Mexico this week, um, but he's definitely going to have to – I know he wants out of the challengers, but he's going to have to get some big results in those challengers to get those points up. But you, Michael uh, Moe just played in Cleveland this week, but he didn't do so well there. He lost to the, he lost to the champion. He lost to the champion the last two weeks in challengers. And, um, but I, I, I was looking at the draw, and I'm like, he should do well. He should be in that final. That's what I'm thinking. Like – I don't know. I just you when you see someone and you see them playing on the pro level of the tour, the top level of the tour, and I appreciate when you're going to go back to the challenger level to build your ranking and to do that, but I expect you to be the top dog. You know, I think that's interesting you say that because I mean, Chad makes the point that maybe you end up playing to the level that you're at. And I think somebody else has said that. That um who was it um you know, you expect like you know when Kane Shakur was coming back from injuries. I don't remember <laughs> Kay winning a bunch of challengers. I just remember him playing. I don't mm-hmm. remember us saying, "Oh, Kay won a challenger." So I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe, maybe part of it is. He did, I think, didn't he? 
I he mean, won it, Dallas over Mackie McDonald, but I think yeah. the other ones he played and lost kind of early. Yeah. So it's yeah. like the, the idea, though, that because we've been on the big stage means that you should necessarily be good on the challenger stage. I don't know if that bears out because I think you end up maybe playing to the level of the, the of your opponents. Fine. We'll put that shit out. I know, Play right? Best. I don't you know. know like... <laughs> it's weird psychologically. I don't know. Right. But it, it, this is why this is where I, I think this is where it's almost like I think the American men are almost like the French men. But just that the Frenchmen are just way better at a, they have a better baseline in the sense that, you know, that they're somewhat kind of comfortable in a way. They, they present as being comfortable in a certain extent. Like in their home tournament in Delray, whatever the case may be, they're cute. You know what I mean? And they get some press and whatever the case may be. But elsewhere, put them out against, they're not really doing that. But the Frenchmen are at a better level, though. They produce better. But the, in that sense, the Frenchmen are a higher caliber. But well, also, me, they're competing against different people. The French tournaments bring in a lot more higher ranked players. Mm -hmm. So they get a chance, they're, you know, they get a chance to game against And level. that's why I said that these people needed to go elsewhere. But okay. to me, I just think the tennis for American men is not at a high standard. And I think we need to admit that American men tennis is at a D level. Oh God, I think that's so harsh. Um, what what are give me give me your give me your ranks by country? In terms of like who I think is playing. I mean, like you're like Americans are D level, um, and then who else is what 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 Serbia is A level just because of Djokovic. I mean, you no, compared I, I mean, to the others, I mean, yes, Philip and there's they're they're on the rise. They're doing better. But you can't just throw a comment out like that. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, mean She's I, like, I love that. I think that's too I much. Think, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, Even, I need context because you're a teacher, and you're no, like, no, okay, okay. Level. Well, actually, let me provide age, context. You can't say Djokovic. If I take if I take Djokovic out of the Serbian camp, <laughs> I can still expect Krajanovic to play solidly against the American, and he be the favorite yeah. against nearly next to any one of them on nearly any surface. He mightn't win against Isner in a hard court, but if it's an American hard court, he still stands a chance because that shit is slow as hell. <laughs> right? Well, I think I mean, a lot of what you're actually saying is that not so much that the American men are at a D level right now. It's just that we've not had an American superstar in quite some time. And it's kind of odd. The, the American men used to rule tennis. And we haven't seen that. So it's I just weird. don't think their tennis is up there. Well, I mean, in terms of in terms of kind of like, you know, one of the reasons why we had we wanted to talk to you, Chad, is because you really you really track the men's tour um and men the American mentor, men's tour really well. And so I'm curious, like what who excites you and like what who are sort of like maybe like your top five people that you want folks to pay attention to and support and kind of cheer and get behind who you think has promised. <laughs> Did we lose you? No pressure. <laughs> well, it's not pressure. It's like he has five, he has his faves. He has his yeah. faves, right? <laughs> like he has people who he thinks has <laughs> can you hear us? <laughs> long term potential. <laughs> mm -hmm. We'll let him think wow. about it. But Reels, I need you to defend the D level. By okay. giving right. key examples and points, but maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> you want a diagram? I just think I just think a lot of other I need countries. Charts. I need charts. Oh my God. 
dying. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to do the Serbia versus somebody else work because there is chats out there floating around with that, right? <laughs> oh my god. Than that. But I mean, honestly, so you, you think I'm being crazy. Maybe my lettering might be <clears throat> off. My grade level might be up. But you think I'm crazy saying that the American men are pitched lower than the other countries? It's hard for me to see the comparison point because, you know, for me, it's like, it's about age. I think the American men are quite young. Okay, maybe like mm-hmm. the, the late 20s guys are not right there anymore. But that feels like most of the guys, to be honest, on all in their yeah. every country. Um, so I think you have like an overabundance of young American men and then it's hard for them to be compared to others because I think overall the, to- the younger guys on tour just aren't doing that well. But their game just kind of looks the same. And and I think everybody, like I think ev- once everyone has to play an American man, right? Yeah. They don't have to go scout for that, <laughs> right? They just simply sit there and thinking, he's going to try to do two things. Try to get a big survey and go after the forehand. The backhand is going to be weak as sauce. Do you understand what I'm saying? They don't necessarily move well. They sloppy at the net. You know what I mean? And this is not a, this is this has nothing to do with history. Like some countries have a richer history in tennis and whatever the case may be. America has a rich history in tennis. And 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 I'm just not seeing any kind of variety and excitement just in the game that just in the game that they play, their style of play in and of itself. And I think week in, week out. Chad keep mentioning, you know, that having good results. But you see, I get the feeling that that sounds like almost like a luck or the draw that maybe they might have a good result, whatever. But because I don't feel I can write, I can depend on any of them. It doesn't matter if they're MAGA or not. You know what I mean? Just an American man, just in general. Like, I don't see them getting far in tournaments. You know what I mean? I, I, they're not dependable. They're not reassured that I just figure any tournament <clears throat> from America, from anywhere in Europe, could give them a run for their money on any given day. I think with that Opelka, day? I think with Opelka and Fritz, they still have dimensions to to add to their game. Opelka is that forehand and serve that you're talking about. Right. Fritz is a, Fritz has a little more, but his I mean, even though he's a decent mover, he still is not as say, athletic or as speedy as Francis or even Michael for that effect. Michael needs to add some power and pop to his serve consistently. Francis, I think what Janina said with the mental part, um, I think his confidence is just so low and for his forehand not to be so hitchy and problematic. I mean, he just needs to have that confidence. And right now he's lacking in, in that. And I think, like you said, they're not all around players. I mean, they still have so, some holes in their games. Um, but Michael, Francis, and Chris still have time on their hands. I mean, Fritz and Elpelco too. So, I mean, those would be the five, I would think, that we have hope for. Mm-hmm. But they still need to become more well-rounded, Andrean. Yeah. Thank you, Chad, for saying it far more diplomatically than really. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel like Chad is here to deliver. Real's just being vicious out here, you know what I mean? <laughs> Chad, are you on the Coco train? <laughs> uh, so so on the women's side i'm definitely on the coco train I, I i heard your podcast um at the end of the year last year or the end of the mm-hmm. decade mm-hmm. and that was one of the best podcasts i had heard all year oh my um, god and i really all the time just to say that every single time <laughs> no, i really loved it i mean i was with, i was listening in the gym and i heard andrine kind of like her voice was cracking and she was tearing up about coco and, and i know janina had some emotional and some personal moments too 
I'm really no feelings. It's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to try to cover for that. He has no feelings. <laughs> but it just meant a lot. It meant a lot, and I, and I agree with Andreen that that Coco has so many positives that we're all rooting for. Um, I I don't her game. Is, I mean, it's too hard to judge her game. I mean, she's only 15. Um, she'll be 16 soon. But just what she's brought to the sport in the last year and a half, two years, is amazing. Yeah, I mean the energy and the enthusiasm. I love a Coco on the on the men's side. My lord, right? Like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, so no Chad, one is that compelling at ladies, all. Ladies, in terms of personality, Chad, you can probably right. fix this. You can probably sweeten this up. And and I I would have to agree with you, Andreen, right there, because on the men's side in general, no matter if they're American, Swiss, Serbian, Spanish. They ain't got no personality. They got no juice. They got no juice at all. I mean, it's why just do you the, think that is? That do you, what do you what do you think is missing? Yeah, they said that you know it's the Roger Federer effect that Roger Federer changed press conferences. That you know his mastery and professionalism of trying to control the narrative. I think because he Roger became a brand like the first time in a very long time he became. Not just a sponsorship, you know, like the face of a watch. He became a brand in and of himself, right? Putting Roger Federer anyway meant something. And you know what I mean? And then Nadal and then Djokovic trying to be that thing. But, you know, being problematic everywhere else. You know what I mean? He don't know how to keep his life clean. Um, the appearance of cleanliness, I should say. Um, maybe that's what it is. And we live in a social media age where everything can be construed, constructed, and reconstructed into something else. Maybe people are. I think there's something else, though. The ATP is far more regulated as an organization than the WTA when it comes to access in, in the media. So we can talk to the women far easier than we can talk to the men. And the also, ATP I, seems to have all these like weird little rules and what you can do and what you can't do in the H in the WTA. It's like, yeah, here we are. You want an interview? Just put a request in. We'll make it happen. I mean, you know, the, the ATP is not like that. They're not as welcoming. So I wonder <clears throat> if there's just something behind the scenes from an organizational standpoint that tries to rein them in. I mean, we know on some level there is because you know, look back at the whole Stan and Nick thing and Stan's like, look, bitch, I am on the council. But and I you're not going to... His bold, his, 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 his flex in his muscle, right? Sure. So, but that mentality's got to come from somewhere. But I'm just simply saying, these players have no problem showing, and showing their ass on the court, right? Being an asshole on the court. Right at any given moment of the day, why don't you bring some of that energy in their room? But you know what? Well, I, I, don't mean, I, don't, room. I don't understand what you mean by in the room. Like, what would be an appealing personality for you? Like, it's really clear on the women's side what is appealing. It really is. But oh, on the men's no. side, oh, it's really I see what difficult. You're, you know what? You see what I mean? Like, it's very <clears throat> difficult to characterize an engaging and interesting personality because even somebody like a Felix who I think is mm -hmm. seems quite a charming and nice like your access to him is very is like Janina says it's very different you know but maybe um, we're looking at this the other from a uh, uh, um no because you know what Francis is actually personable yeah he's funny 
you know, but we don't get to see it. So but why maybe, not? Maybe we're looking at this from a wrong perspective, right? Maybe it is that and there is no real difference between the women and the men's side, right? They're all the same bland cabbage personality. No, that's not true. Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. In terms of in the personality press, press room access area, right? Because that's where we expect this personality to shine, right? That they're all the same bland cabbage in the area. But on the WTA, you have a bunch of people who are manufacturing this narrative of who these players are. And there is a campaign for players that we should like X player for a certain reason. That doesn't happen on the so. ATP. Well, I mean, the there doesn't have a campaign for us to like anyone. I mean, the ATP tries. I mean, that's yeah, the they next, do. That's what next it's better in Rafa. They don't control those bodies. I mean, but those that's bodies. Next gen, no, that's next gen. I mean, I will say that the, the nature of um, female sports versus male sports is that you do have to do a lot of labor on the women's side to build narratives to help tell a story because most I mean I think the tendency is for most writers to be quite lazy about that and so there's a lot of heavy lifting that has to happen when you're covering mm -hmm. women's sports you have to give them narratives you have to really try to train them to look at your athletes in a very particular way I think the assumption has been on the men's side that you could just let them be but I think the same kind of grooming has to actually happen on the men's side oh, too. Okay, you think that kind of work needs to be done? I actually do. Mm -hmm. I think. I think. You know. I think. You know. I think. Um. I think you have to kind of decide what your persona is and what you're bringing to the table and what you. You know. I think. You know. For a long time, I think um, people have really balked at the idea of tennis being entertainment. You know, and I think even Fed has come around to that. Like, you know, I'm realizing that I'm an entertainer, and I think Roddick has always mm -hmm. said that too. It's like. There is an entertainment aspect to the game. And so part of what usually gets dismissed on the women's side as chaotic and um, fragility and all, is part and parcel of the personality of those players, right? The ability to get frustrated on a court, maybe throw a tantrum or whatever. People always dismiss it as like, oh, she's such a girl or something along those lines, which is very mm -hmm. sexist, right? Um, but I think the other thing is on the men's side, part of it is like sometimes the men are slightly over-policed and, but it's personality becomes aggression on the mm -hmm. men's side mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of like a kind of engaging, smiling, laughing, kind of like <clears throat> interesting stroke production, you know what I mean? Like that's just, just not happening. Well, I mean, you know? well, I don't know. I think maybe um, I've seen another sport that I'm not as, big like basketball and you know football and whatever the case small and niche sport um where the players try to control there is always some pr from the organization mm -hmm. they speak with bloggers that kind of thing I, I i don't know i don't know whether the players just don't have the time because of the nature of tennis moving constantly or they're controlling their own narrative by people who follow them with their insta stories etc and all that kind of stuff I don't have Instagram, so I don't know what they're doing and putting out whatever. Because I do see people on my timeline like, oh, my God, this person put this story out, that person. You know what I mean? So maybe players don't necessarily feel the need to funnel through that bit. And maybe ATP just isn't prioritizing because they'd have to give someone a real job for that. Right. And maybe they're not just willing to pay. WTA is paying someone for that. Right. Well, I mean, it's part of the labor of, of, of selling women's sports. You have to do that work. The reporters won't always do that. 
you have to construct. Well, what I was laying their room doing, but you know. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to construct narrative so that they don't fall into the easy trap of like. Yeah, they're all sitting on there ready, ready to write a book. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, like this mythical book that's supposed to come out. I wonder who is this publisher? The people who do American Dirt? That who? Well, is speaking of American, that trash I know. Speaking of American tennis, so there was also one other tournament this week, right? It was the New York tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kyle Edmund beat. Oh my God, Happy. Andreas. Happy. Can I tell you though, like, what's going on with that tournament? Does it have it's a crowd? Weird. Are people there? No. It's like, Rhode Island. It's Long Island, not Rhode Island. Oh, it's Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I have to say, I like, I let. Can we? Can we go back to Memphis, or is that too much? To well, I'm surprised. I guess because the cost cut in Memphis. First of all, Long Island is a place you need to get to. You're not gonna get fun crowd out there. You know, you're it's not gonna hard. get. I feel like it'd be really difficult. It's Long cold Island in the middle of New York. It's I don't know, middle of winter. Man. We gotta pick a warm place. I think a warm place. Oh, they gotta pick a central place because you see, people from Long Island will be willing to come to the city to watch a tennis match. People from the city, though. Name more. I ain't going out there. No, not enough. Sean went last year. Remember, it was quite empty. They gave away amazing swag bags because you know what else are they gonna do? Because nobody came to watch the tennis. I don't know. I think think the location is poor, and it just doesn't have a vibe that I. Yeah, it it doesn't have energy. The Barclays Center is right here. Maybe that's too expensive. Madison Square Garden, perhaps too expensive. Those too big. Oof, those are too big. But there are other places I think they could kind of um, because they have um, but maybe because it requires multiple courts at the same time. That's probably the issue. Well, with you know, right? find a country club like uh, Cleveland did. Yeah, it was <laughs> shitty, right? You're literally walking right. around. But um, yes, I, I yes. Didn't host, but um, I'm just saying. Last year, I mean, there are places in on Staten Island which is not that far out. They hosted the U.S. Um, National Indoor Athletics Competition. So that's a pretty big space. Um, but I guess it's money that they, they're not willing to spend. This was put out there for money. And look, I do believe, in my opinion, a lot of sports happen. Things are done, which you think might be a poor choice, but it's some economic benefit for somebody. I'm sure it is, but it, it's, it looks it looks poor on TV because you're just no one in the stands and it's just like it's not very lively. Yeah. Um, and it feels know, like a challenger now to me. I'm just saying. It, it has that vibe. And I well, mean, it's a 250, so... I mean, no, there are 250 that are on, I'm popping, okay? I know. They, you know, in I, Asia, we've been to this. No, a lot of them are on, I'm popping in a lot of places. Well, like. I mean, it was a congratulations to Kyle. I mean, I felt like Kyle, I don't know if the competition was particularly strong this week for him, but I you mean, you think that win and run with it because Dan Evan is getting all the juice in Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> you think that I know, right? You don't want to forget him. <laughs> you don't want to forget him. I mean, like, so he will gladly take that win and run with it to the bank. Okay, can we talk about this trend of having Coco attaching herself attached to ATP events? What's that about? What? What? What, what are you talking about? Because Delray so beat the men's event. Yeah, she played there. Um, she did an exhibition. They sold out last night, and, and it was a pretty impressive crowd that was there. I've not seen that crowd except for like a final or a pretty, you know what I mean? Like that's, that was a pretty raucous crowd. I felt. Yeah. It was similar to reminding me of the Atlanta crowd yep. um, when they had Sloan, well maybe more so Venus because whenever Venus has been in Atlanta, those stands are packed and tickets are sold out. You have people out before trying to get in, you know, trying to get tickets sold to them um, for decent rates. 
But those exhibitions that Venus have been in the last two years has been in the last two years. They've been sold out completely out. I mean, I think that's an interesting, I mean, I think it's interesting to be able to buttress your event with the emerging star. No, I mean, I think it also gets her around the limitations that she has in terms of what she can play. Right. For Coco. But I was like, huh, this trend of Coco playing ATP events. Let's keep that going. Get that well, money, you know, Coco. Because we know, <laughs> we know that some of these scrubs just can't put bodies in seats. So bring in the top gun. And guess what? Guess what? We also know that Sophia Cannon ain't bringing in them bodies. So. Oh. Oh. So, well, we gotta, oh, my God. What do you think about her, Chad? Chad has been a Sophia Cannon I, he's talked their game up, so it's not even like he's a newbie on it. So, yeah, so talk about lightly, her, Chad, I can mute you, Chad. Chad li- tread lightly. I can mute so, you. <laughs> so one note about Coco, though. You're right, Andrean. She also filled up the stands in Winston-Salem last year yep. um, before their tournament, and that was even – I mean, it's just pretty amazing. But with Kennan, I like her game. I think she's missing a little flair um, as far as how she does with the press. But as far as just her game, it just seems rock solid to me. Um, and she's a great baseliner. And I felt that she could out-consistent players in Australia. I, I didn't think she'd win the title until maybe the fourth round, and then I thought she could do it. Um, but she's just steady. She's rock steady from the baseline. She can be overpowered, but nobody could really do it. I mean, she played Barty. Um, and Barty kind of choked in the big moments, but um, Kenan just did not give up her ground. So, I mean, kudos to her. I don't, the whole Coco Kenan thing is interesting, though. In what way? Well, only in the fact that her father may have had a point as far as Kenan's not getting the press, but I don't think Coco's name needed to be brought into it at all. Oh, yeah, um, because there are lots of people getting press beyond Coco. Sure, sure. But there was a reason he brought it. Coco's name. I mean, but you know, I, I think Kenan just has a lot of work to do as far as her media kind of, you know, um, how she how she shines in media, and Coco already does that. It's just it's so natural for her. I know it's like a breath of fresh air. Oh. It is. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but um, I, but I, I wonder um, why Sophia Kenan's daddy won't say this when. Serena, I was out here just getting the leavings for Maria. Well, nobody I mean, was concerned. Yeah. Nobody wrote inches about that, though. Well, he wasn't. I mean, he's advocating for his daughter. Well, I mean, speaking of, I guess, is the, the American women. We can talk about sort of a little bit of the American women because we saw Fed Cup. Fed Cup's the last thing that happened before we... I don't think we've had a chance to talk, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm, Fed wow. Cup. That was an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we... T- oh, my God. I don't think I've Serena lost her first ever Fed ever. Cup match. She only been like 17, but I mean it's amazing. But she's never lost. But you know what? That and now she has so close. I didn't, I couldn't, <clears throat> to be honest. I've never and seen you know that's all silver silver needed, right? So well, you know won the all year round, but the final match is always yeah. by sale. But that, it, that you final know, match. But you know, it's interesting because it was like that was one of the first times when I think I've been watching a match where I was like, wait a minute, I don't think I know who's gonna win this one. Because it was mm. so topsy turvy. I that mean, with Serena in it, you know what I mean? Like, usually you could say Serena's going to, like, lock this down or whatever. But it was really, literally too topsy-turvy for me to be like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. 
<laughs> Wasn't that a similar performance to how she performed in Australia? I mean, kind of. I mean, she would have a lead and look dominant at one minute, and then the next yep. minute look a little lost. Lost, mm-hmm. and um, you were wondering, you know, where did the serve go? And then the serve would come back, and then it would go away again. It was just in and out a lot of the matches. Serena making it a drama. She's taking a little comedy, a little sketch play. And she turned it into a saga. Like, girl. I mean, I think the other, you know, we talk about this all the time with feds because his age gets mentioned a lot, right? But I think now we're watching a sort of aging champ who we could always rely on to respond to the moment. And now we're seeing, you know. You know funny, we put so much more pressure like on Federer. Right? We put more pressure on Serena than we did Federer, right? Like, well, I mean, differently. But, you know, we, we've we seen Federer's game abandon him in key moments. And you're like, what the hell? Right, right, right. right. right? Um, against Mofi, so, against Sangha, Wimbledon. Federer, yeah, I don't forget. So, I don't forget Federer, unfortunately. But, no, I think it's interesting to... I'm curious if people really sort of like embrace the narrative around Serena getting older and then managing her game as she gets older instead of doing the. I don't think not playing are. enough. I, I mean, the fans are not. I don't know what conversation she's having with Patrick, but the fans uh, expect that to show up and break these girls like it's nothing. Well, she already doesn't hardly play. I mean, I still say she needs to play more. But you know what I think? I think what's interesting about that is that the tension around that is different. Like one year, Federer was like, I, I, I didn't play enough. Then the other year, he's like, I played too much. So it seems like as you get older, as you have, an to, athlete, find the balance, you have right? to find that place. Concept. And like, for Serena, I think it's becoming the question, right? Like, because that match was such a story, like just watching it. Like, I was like, there were so many, it's the Chad, like Chad said, it's like up and down and you're like, wait a minute, she's dialed in and then she's not. And you're like, wait, what happened? But then you remember Chrissy saying, as you get older, it's just sometimes really hard to focus. <laughs> maybe a suggestion, maybe Serena needs to bring someone else on the team, um, female. Ooh. Um, When's the last time Serena has a female person on the team? Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, her mother's there, but you know, I'm not calling it off, you know, yeah, no, I'll see don't check out a tennis age ago. She just did for the perks. She just did for, for the funny moment. I mean, there for the funny this shot. is what I want retirement to look like. I shuffle <laughs> things and I'm not interested. I fall asleep. You know what? I, I clap when I want to. You know what? Hey, I love the it. That, that is what retirement should look like for all of us. <laughs> um, but I would say one of the interesting things going back to Federer, and I noticed some people who are in who are aging in profession. They always say that you know that you would think every day you get up and you do the same thing as you did. Um, I one of the reasons I think Federer brought on Lubacic when Lubacic had beaten um Radic at in Indian Wells, Indian I think Wells. it was. Yep. He made the I'd never forget, he said, you know, like as I got older, as I've gotten older, I've have to be in the gym more often Ugh. than when I, you know, I'd have been on the court more often, I skipped the gym. Now it's the other way around. That as you get older, he understood there's a certain you have to change things. That you can't go about business as usual, and I think that's something Federer talked about with the same thing why he brought Lubacic on, and that's the conversation that they had, like finding that balance, that perfect balance, you know, like how to manage your resources here and there, etc. And I think Serena needs to do that because I think Patrick sort of treats Serena as if it's 2012 Serena. Sometimes he you know? says it seems like that, yeah. Yeah, and now it's 2020, 2020. Yes, Serena is getting to finals and you feel it's the same old Serena, right? Yeah. It's a mental thing. 
but you know if this is a mental thing as we as i think it is it's manifesting itself physically and one of the things that tennis players have to be masters at and knowing that they have to do now to be the great champion is the days when you're not feeling the best you still have to put out a b-level game uh, some level of game that can still be competitive you can't just fall apart immediately when you're not feeling yourself and i, I think there's just good serena bad serena there isn't that middle ground serena anymore but which i think can I... to a-level serena what i want though is i want um because i mean and maybe with kim kleister's coming back we'd be more open to talking about what it is like to be an older player on the tour and a person who has a family and all of those other things, because on the women's side, sometimes it feels like there's like a reluctance to even admit or talk about that. Yeah. Because they were going to look too sexist and whatever, but I don't know if Kim is naturally the right person to do that. Why? I mean, you're going to be, you're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to talk about it. They won't talk about it because it's Kim, right? They love the Lily White girl, you know, and, you know, Kim. She's actually a very good counterpart to that conversation. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how old she is, but she's she's around Serena's age. She's older. She has a family. But my thing is that she's left the game. She's taken, but it still opens up that conversation to have with more than one person who has been successful. Yes, we have mothers on tour. Yes, there are mothers on tour right now besides Serena, but none of them. Not that Kleisters is that Serena's level. I mean, we don't not now, but she is somebody who has been successful who has won grand slams as a mother you know and talk about how the the, how is it different chad what do you think now i don't know if you're still here i don't know if he's able to hear Um, yeah i'm I'm acting here um i i think like what chrissy said some days you just wake up and you just don't feel like being out there and i do think that's a factor of age i mean i know people don't want to talk about it um with age Um, when 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 he comes back, we have to have him finish that thought. Right. I, I would say I that the fans are going to hear and they're like, "What did he? What did he want to say?" Right. Um, can you hear me? Can you hear me yeah, now? Can you, you know, finish yeah, that thought. Repeat, Sorry. repeat what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. No, I um, I mean, I do think it's a part of age, even though we don't want to focus on that a lot. I mean, there are days that you're slower than others, that you just don't have that same umph as others. Um, you know, there's still in their 30s however i just don't know where serena goes from here i don't know what her next step is what do you mean like i don't i i hear the play more tournaments i hear play just the big tournaments play the major tournaments you know focus more on physical fitness is it taking less time with your family is it placing more emphasis on tennis i don't think there's that one answer for her yeah and i think we're going to probably get this for the rest of her career and i'm concerned that she's sort of I'm cons- I'm just concerned she's not going to be back in a Grand Slam final, and I don't want to say that because I want to see it happen. I want to see it. I want to see that that false record broken. You know. Yeah. Well, think- has a solution, and yeah, I, I just said it. Serena needs to hire a woman. Well, the thing that's I mean, it's an interesting p- question you raise, and this is why I brought in the Federer thing, not because I think they're the two leading camps, right? But there right. were quite a lot of dialogue and ideas about what Federer needed to do. I don't see that same sort of level of thoughtfulness 
as people and not analyze what's going on with Serena. It's like people want her to either be dominant or then it doesn't matter at all. You know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like there should be a little bit more complexity and layering of like, how do we look at an aging women's champ and what, what should the expectations be? Is is it the same thing? Well, I think that, Andrew, and I think part of the difference there is, first of all, she doesn't get the respect that she deserves, period. That's that's the biggest thing. For sure. But the second thing is, Amen. the truth is, when Serena shows up and we see the Serena of old, she's still head and shoulders above everybody else. Federer has several people knocking on his heels. All the time, Serena yeah. Serena doesn't. And I think that's the difference. I think that's why we don't give her as much of an aging piece of conversation because when she does show up, nobody can touch her. Nobody can. Absolutely nobody. So we're just like, get back there. Get back there. Where is that Serena? Because we still see glimpses of her. And when we do, she's that much better. So we're not, we don't have that tendency. You know, if she had like all these people constantly just getting ready to pull her down, we might talk about it that way a little bit more like we do Federer because Federer squeaks out of a lot of top tight matches and we say it's his greatness that got him there, which it may, it may very well be. You know, he's better, but there's so many people that almost get him but don't. Serena mm-hmm. is crushing people when she's crushing them. Maybe. Federer's not really crushing people anymore. He's winning, but he's not crushing them. Like maybe the problem to. is that maybe the issue, the, the difference might be that Federer, Serena has never had a wilderness period, right? That she's always been there. Even when she's far off, like 2007, when people said she wasn't in shape, she won a major. Like every year she's been on tour, She's been in the finals of a major, I'm almost sure, if not having won one. I'm sure my stat is right. I think the only period where she hasn't, the longest period without injury or whatever the case may be, might have been when Venus was ascending. And then Venus decided to give her gifts. And then post like her illnesses and stuff like that. Right. But even post like her illnesses. Oh, she did get to finals, yeah. She did get to finals. So whereas Federer was... Serena never had a... There's never been a struggle, Serena. You know right, that's what I'm saying. And that's why we he, don't give her that space and that conversation about talking about the, her, the struggle that we see now being due to age. Because when she's not struggling, she's kicking ass and taking names. But, I mean, this has... But this this not just affect how we see her. This might be affecting how she sees herself. That this well, might be a period where she is needs to reevaluate things differently because in the past it's always been i am right there i just need to push a little further right but maybe that right there and the further is a lot wider than she herself can see it be it and maybe that's where she need, work needs to be done yeah it's interesting i just i've been trying to like hear people and i think i've been trying to hear the the critiques and you know of course it's so difficult because serena critiques are so Yes, challenging loaded. and problematic, yes. right? But I, I, I just and I, many of them you have to dismiss. You can't even like, oh, yeah, you kind of all right. The racism <laughs> is a mess, you know. But I think what I'm looking for is how this aging champ Matt marshals her 
resources, her talents, or you know what I mean, her wherewithal. And that's why I thought that last match at Fed Cup was so interesting, right? Because I really believe that's an aging issue. I really do. Like, if I saw Federer play that match, I would have said that's an aging thing. That's like his inability to close out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would have been like, that's what I would have said. But it was like, we we've been so like expecting a dominant Serena that we can't deal with like yeah, a dominant. Yeah, but age is right. Age is something that they never. <laughs> age is something that they do not talk about with Serena. Yeah, they right? never do. It's never part of the conversation, and it's something I've tried to push back on her fans. I'm just like. Y'all are expecting too much. Serena is 38 years old. Well, I mean, look at, and you're right. I think, in, and and I think, but I think, I think Janina is right in the sense that um, Kleister's return, even though she has exited the game and is coming back and there will be lots of things about whether she's ready to come back on a tour that's changed or move on. I think we will probably have a gentler conversation about age, mm-hmm. which could then be, um, which the can then spread into... to Serena because they're going to be nice to Kimmy. They're not going to be as brutal to Kimmy mm-hmm. as they would have been. Um... <laughs> Mugs, I know you couldn't take care of Sophia Kenny, but can you take care of Clyde? Oh my Lord, time? that's going to be fun. <laughs> Oh God! God. It, and it's always the new. It's always the young gun. Um, ATP WTA ladies. Like when Maria came back from her doping, they gave her to, uh, what's her name? <laughs> it's always You're like we have, give her to cut it out. People who have to prove themselves. You know what I mean? It's just like oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. But it should be. Uh, it should be interesting. Excellent. I mean, it should that's, be interesting. that's the exciting thing coming up next week, right? Is yeah. Cool. The return I'm of Kim Kleisters. Are you all excited? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm excited to see I, if I'm she cool. listen, if she if she can come back on tour and slip right in and do well, I got some shit to say. I am surprised they give her a wild card right off the bat. Like why? Why, why are that? you surprised? Why? Of because course, they she got to go through doping and all of this stuff. Like she has zero. She ranking. probably already did. No, she, already she announced did. her she return a while ago. A while ago, she's already yeah. done that. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, she hasn't proven anything, played anywhere or anything. But listen, proof is you don't get a wild card for proof. You get a wild card because you're going to put ass in the seats out of curiosity. I guess. Yep, so. and she will. People will go see her. People like her. But anyway, you know the rules might have quietly been changed regarding wildcats because of Maria. So you never know. <laughs> All Chad, right, let's wrap this up. I know, Chad. So, let me. I want to hear a final word. Did, were, were you a Kimmy person? Were you? Did you watch her I, very much? I was. I was never a, a Kim Fleischer's fan. I mean, she was, you know, whatever. And I, I, I like <laughs> that's Chad's no, way of saying. I don't. I wasn't a Hennon person, so I always rooted for Kim over Hennon. Um. And but I never really was a stan of either. So for her to come back, I mean, it's, it's a great accomplishment and good for her and, and good luck to her. But um, still hoping that in the next few months we'll see Serena, maybe even Venus, having their results in Indian Wales, Miami, maybe some clay events. So that's what I'm. Go ahead and to. give yourself a plug, Chad. You'll be covering what coming where up. Where and where? So I'll where be going to Indian Wales. You? I'm going to Indian Wells for the first time. I've never done Indian Wells mostly Save because your coins. Save your coins. Make sure we meet a sugar daddy out there because it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. And so, but I haven't been before, so this will be the first time. And I think I'll be seeing Andreen out there, maybe. Yes, I will be there from um for for a couple of days. Um 
I like Indian Wells. It's in my backyard, but it's getting really, really inconvenient because I don't drive there. I'll be doing Miami after Indian Wells. Fine. And then, so I'm looking forward to my first Sunshine Double. After Ooh. that, maybe in the summer. Depends on the Olympics. Cause I think the Olympics, gonna, Olympics are going to play a part in who shows up to, say, Atlanta or D.C. Yeah. Um, and maybe even Cincy. So maybe Cincinnati and the U.S. Open for a couple of weeks. Well, we you. really enjoyed you on the podcast. We love your photos. Um, where can folks who may not follow you, what's your um, what's your ha- what's your Twitter handle and where can they find your photos? So Twitter, you can follow me on CC Smooth 13 and on Instagram, CC Snaps 13. OK, gorgeous. Are those accounts unsuspended. Are they still available and open for people? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just stick with these two accounts and uh, okay. <laughs> you know i guess we, we really should have done this in all in all honesty we should have done this at the beginning because we assume that people know who chad is because he's been with us before and he you know he travels in this circle with us Girl, um, but chad um, is an, chad is an amazing photographer he's um, an amazing just, amazing let photographer let janina, let janina do what you didn't thank you janina <laughs> you really should go to his Instagram and check it out because he no he 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 captures these athletes in a really special way. It is very very good. I think that's true and you know we are going to we're going to use it with permission we'll use maybe um one of your images for the um for the podcast. But I th- I think that is something that you really do a good job of Chad. It's like you're able to catch them in these like off the cuff moments where their personalities shine through. So um I would love to see more of your photos professionally. <laughs> professionally. Professionally. Uh, wow, we really seem to love photographers here. Tony, don't hate us right now. We're just giving Chad a lot of love. So, Chad, are you going to, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, maybe, Chad, you can do a calendar and you could just put our faves on it, you know. <laughs> real, real. You're being an asshole right now. <laughs> You know what, Tony? Wait, wait. Wait, wait. You know what? We don't like Tony's calendar so much. Just do one with our faves. He doesn't cater. Okay, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I don't need your calendar to give me any information. Just my face. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need oh, dates. You, you just need. You just need. You don't even want to call it a calendar. You basically just want to call it a book of photos. You just want access <laughs> to your pics. <laughs> well, I mean, Chad, we're looking forward to all of your reports. I'm. I'm excited to welcome you to Indian Wells um, for overpriced sushi. Um, <laughs> You got to pay for that $100 sushi roll that they play oh up in there. Oh my gosh, you're lying. Really? <laughs> There's like a, I mean, the Nobu is quite pricey. So, um, well, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing all the new things. You know, this tournament is ridiculous now. So, I'm going to have a gold hamburger, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in New York, so I'm sure. In New York, oh, I will that. say, though, weirdly enough, I was looking at the calendar, y'all, and I think um, the Olympics will not impact um, Cincy this year, but it will definitely I don't think it will either. Yeah, it will impact D.C. and because it's actually um, the tennis ends at the very early part of August. 
Right. I don't think they're Canada in the first week, I think. Yeah. 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 So it's going to, it'll be, it'll be, that's usually tricky because I think that is usually the DC time, which. Well, in Cincinnati learned from last time, they moved their (laughs) tournament down later to the month. They're like, we're not taking that hit again. Well, the Olympics schedule is already designed ages ago. I think Cincinnati was like, was banking on the fact that Rio would not have been able to pull it off. <laughs> so they were like, I think the one that up. Oh my there. God. You know what, Rio? Say goodnight. That is true. Yeah, anyway, and before so- I leave, let me just announce Robert Farah will be yep. back on tour. So I have to see his friend, um, baby, all the time now. So cleared of doping by um, doping in meals. Because his mama, his mama again, it's always the mothers. It's always the mama. It's mama the pasta. It's the beef. Got, um, what's the other one name? Um, your friend Sarah. I don't know. Sarah, Ronnie. Sarah Ronnie. Yeah. I'm well, just welcome like, back. <laughs> yeah. Can I also? I mean, your news about Canadian pospisil. I will say, winning will make people listen to pospisil even more. That sounds really jaded. But yeah, but pospisil come with a game plan, okay? Please, you can't be out here putting because every time you say shit, the boys out here showing you the receipts. That's fine, but well, he's also drinking maple syrup from the goddamn jar on court. He should be getting a sponsorship right now. I need that to happen immediately. See, with personality like that, I can see why we're losing this war. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. any other news? I think, and then of course, I did not watch the Federer Nadal exhibition, but it gave me a lot of joy and lots of cute pictures, which is always what's fun for mm-hmm. tennis. And it made um, Novak's father <laughs> upset, which is another thing. Um, that's always good for tennis. Daddy. Oh, by the way, so, so someone commented and said, you know, like, y'all are always hated Nelly. And I'm just like, first of all, Janine Andreen has mad respect for Nelly. Love Nelly. Not really, but Lend you know what I mean. No, it's my second favorite. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know how we feel about this, but Stefano's struggling is, I think, uh, an experiment. Wow. In God is real. That's all I'm going to say. Humility. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> and the new the new thing that we hear, which we will be sure to check out, is the Naomi Osaka documentary, right? Ooh. It's coming. On that clothing line? Is that what she got? No, I don't know if she has a clothing line, but she's, she's put a documentary out. The documentary is about playbook to a T, which means that she should be pregnant in what year? Oh, shit. Well, the documentary is about her run up to the Olympics. Look, I know people all here stressing, but have people forgotten that there was a Serena and Venus reality TV show? What? Yeah, I don't know about that. What do you mean you don't know about that? That is a thing. I don't remember that. Okay, I, I believe you, but I don't know about it. Oh, Reels is Reels. Reels got memory from a long time. Look, I look, listen, to listen, I just told Tony today this motherfucker don't forget nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What was it called? I knew y'all be trying to drag Naomi Osaka for a lot of things, but I, y'all I'm gonna have to come a real receipt. What she's doing is great, actually. I think it's gonna help her yeah. with her and her longevity in the sport. Look, I mean, like, look, all I'm simply saying is that when I see Naomi Osaka, I no longer think. So I'm on call right now, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I see signs of life. And I'm thinking she's doing all the things that she needs to do. She don't need to well, win good. every day, day in, day in, week, because you know what? When that girl is ready to get her shit together, 
She's, she's coming like a hurricane. That's the yeah, thing I'm going to be talking about. It's just like yeah, when she she's ready to play tennis, she's playing tennis. And none of y'all out here look like y'all ready when she's on her A game. Y'all look like y'all could deal with her. So y'all should just be happy that she's distracted. Oh, like- yeah. It was called, <laughs> it was called, it was in, it was in, it was in 2009. Okay. Venus and Serena for real, right? Okay. Is that it? Oh no, that's actually, that's actually two, well, that's actually 2005. It was a TV series. Venus Can we get our hands on that and do a rewatch? <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's all there on YouTube. Oh my god! All right, they had, they had little books, and I mean, I mean, there are things that have been out there. There are little books and whatnot about them. They had a doll. <laughs> oh god! If you know more than anything else. One of these things that has always been thrown at Venus and Serena is that they were always not focused on tennis. They well, you know, they only had five. Episodes. They had five episodes. We have to watch them. And oh my god, can you imagine rewatching that? And then this is like, what is it? Like fifteen years later. Oh my god, I'm totally watching that. Um, That's gonna be great. I I have Let's to do that. I remember my memory of that is that Venus have the patient of of Job. That fat Serena is alive is to the grace of Venus. Well, the episode lists are um, Venus and Serena for real. First episode was All in the Family. Second episode was Work That Body. Third is Well, We're Moving On Up. The fourth episode was The Courting Game. And the fifth one, Final, is A New York State of Mind. <laughs> Which oh, boy. U.S. Open. <laughs> so, yeah. I know All some right. of y'all think tennis only invented in 2011. But, I, but you know what? And I, I know y'all know hating on nervous because y'all know treating her like she's black. Y'all need to ease up off of that shit. Okay. Oh, no. I don't think there's any problems with her doing this. I think it's I think she's her whole world is opened up to her. I think she should just enjoy all of it. Exactly. All of it. Let her be fun and whatever kids. Stop treating her like a little demure little girl. She's she ain't going all right. here anymore. All right. All right. All right, folks. So thank you for listening in. We will be posting this when you get it. Don't want to give you a time. <laughs> but thank you, Chad. <laughs> thank you, Chad, for being and being here with us. You know, you're an amazing photographer. These ladies out here trying to throw me under the bus. <laughs> it's always your hair to be with us and be glad that you follow the Americans. And you quietly let us know the one that we should be rooting for. And that's an invaluable service. Thank I'm, you so much. It, <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, nobody <laughs> want to be okay, you know, caring for some of these problematic favors. Oh, gotta, my like, God. Can't you say one thing nice? And you just... <laughs> <laughs> He's trying. He's but trying. Thank to you, Chad. I, I wasn't putting Chad down. No, 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 no. I know. <laughs> I mean, in this administration, you never know, okay? We can. <laughs> and, you know, well, we still have half a month left to go in Black History Month. May the gods be on us and let us not people be out here doing some fucked up shit. I'm, I'm just, I want to say thank you for the Black Boy Joy that I saw this weekend, which, by the way, wasn't that much joy because Monfils was just like, I'm doing this. <laughs> and you know what? I have to say it was excellent, you know, like, Post pre pictures, it was it was a sexy final. It was a cute final. Very. Nice. I, I, I shared was, I shared your picture, Chad, with a bunch of people, and they're like, "That's a pretty final." And I was like, "Yes, it the best Aww. week of tennis so far this year, right? The best week of tennis so far." It was Monfils and his yep. nephew, yes. his nephew Felix. That's all I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. and Uncle Monfils. <laughs> 
you know, checked his little nephew. Well, so I'm excited. See more black people in finals and winning shit. Serena, well, I'm excited. Keep yourself healthy and let me see goodbye, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, before All we right. go, say, um, Andre, did we lose reels? No, our reels is still here. Oh. Okay. How are you going to lose me, girl? I'm running the show. What? Quiet. We usually I'm lose gonna you. Say goodnight, then. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> she can't hear it. <laughs> but also, let us know that um, just know that um, what advice Andre like, will be traveling. So I don't want to say we can just for yet. joining us. Chad, you're great. Andreen, safe travels. Reels, where'd you go? Good night. <laughs> oh my God, she's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. He's talking. Reels is still here. <laughs> so enjoy yourself, Andreen, and we're going to get a match report of all those excited fun people that you will be seeing in the near future. Safe trip. Yeah. Don't get kidnapped. Oh, listen. From your God, from your ear, from your lips to God's ears. And if ear. there's a war going on, tell him, look, turn this plane around. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm taking my Jamaican bag, so we'll see. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I guess it means something good. <laughs> it's resourceful. <laughs> Goodbye. It's been good night, wonderful. everyone. Good night, good night. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks again, Chad, for being with us. And don't forget to post this. And we can right. you know, let everyone know where the best podcast out there. Oh, my Bye. God. Have All a right. good night. <laughs> <laughs>